Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome back to another great episode of Safe Talk. You got Billy Floyd here. You also, of course, have Jenny Hunter. Jenny, what's happening with you? (laughs) Oh, Billy, I had a productive day, and now I am ready to be even more productive tonight and teach people how to prevent suicide. Well, Jenny, I couldn't be more grateful to be joining you. Here we are. We're always doing it big. It's always a pleasure being on the call with you, Jenny, and sharing these important messages, all of the facts, everything that people really need to know. And we've been doing a great job of that for such a long time now. It feels amazing to do what we do together. And we're continuing our conversation in regards Mm -hmm. to understanding the causes of suicide. And way back, several episodes ago, we were talking about things people said that were code for I'm suicidal, mm-hmm. and I think you told me that in the future we might talk about some more of those, right? I think we did 22 of them, but we're going to continue to do more in the future episodes? Yes, you are so right, Billy. We have people talking, and it's so, so important that that we generate conversation. And so, yes, we have more code words, more code phrases that people are sharing, and we're going to talk about that on our Safe Talk episodes. And that's what it's all about is safe talk so that people can recognize uh, other people that are at risk and help them and save lives. That's what we're learning to do. All right. I'm with it, Jenny. I love your dedication. I love your passion towards helping people out. It's very, very infectious, and I always say it, but I'm grateful to do this with you because it's all positive, and we're going to make a difference like we have been making. And with that being said, we always want to make it very clear that we want as many people as possible to be intertwined with what we're doing and what we're talking about. So if you want to be a part of this conversation, if you have questions, if you need anything answered by any means, please feel free to reach out to me personally at any time. You can email me at williampeariedfloyd214 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, all the social media accounts. You also have TikTok and Facebook. My handle is at number one Billy Floyd. So connect with me, shoot me a message, whatever you need to do. And Jenny, you're all over the map as well, all over the media outlets. So where can they find you? Yeah, so Billy, I can be find, found find <laughs> at uh, my personal email, which is J. L H three five at hotmail dot com. Email me any time and I will get back to you. JR's Hunt for Life is another way that you can find me all over social media, the web, JR's Hunt for Life. And if you 
get on our uh, confidential support page on Facebook. You can message me or any of our admins, and we will be there to help you. Um, all you need to do is join that page. Uh, also, we have a nonprofit Facebook page, JR is Not for Life. You can message me on that page also. So you can reach me. If you look up JR is Not for Life, you are going to find me. <laughs> Jenny, you can't be missed. You're always doing a big, you're always locked in. And I'm sure that people will always feel free to reach out because they know you're trusted smart, and awesome individual. And now it is time to begin this episode of Safe Talk. So like I mentioned a few moments ago, we're talking about understanding the causes of suicide. We've really dove deep into this. We've been talking about disorders and mental health conditions. So far in this series, we've covered borderline personality disorder, depression, bipolar disorder, PTSD, substance use disorders, psychosis, and stress. So we have a few more to tackle when it comes to disorders and mental health conditions. We might also tap into some stressors and risk factors later on if we have time. But Jenny, if you want to touch base with some of the ones we talked about on the last episode, you can go for it if you want to get into what we have next. Do whatever you'd like. The floor is yours. Well, I appreciate that, Billy. And, you know, I love having the floor. <laughs> anyway, so the reason we're doing this, understanding some of the causes of suicide. So I'm going to put some in there because people ask me what causes suicide, and my response is, there are as many reasons as there are human beings. However, the main, the main precursor is hopelessness. And everything that we talk about can result in hopelessness. And that is, like I said, the main, main precursor to all of this. This is what, this is what all of these have in common. And, you know, there are several causes of suicide, and knowing and understanding these causes and warning signs can help us prevent suicide. And you could help yourself by understanding these things if you're feeling any of these ways. So let me say that um, these lists that we're going through are not in any type of order. There's not one more important than the other. Um, they are not all-inclusive. We're not talking about everything. What we're talking about in this series, understanding some of the causes of suicide, are causes that have been studied. And there have been um, things that they, researchers and doctors and whoever it may be, had decided, let's do a study on this and let's find out um uh, if some of these things lead to suicide, and if they do, what's the percentage and how many people are, do we lose um, to these things via suicide? And let me also add that all we can do is study the data, the statistics, and we have to have that data to come up with these numbers and statistics. We have to have that data. Now, this is not 100% correct because 
not everyone that passes from suicide do we have data on. Um, let's say someone uh, decides to, uh, um, this might be kind of graphic, but run their car off of the edge of the mountain to take their own life. Well, we don't have the data that that is a suicide unless we have a suicide note or something like that. So that is not going to be counted in any of these studies. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that these these figures are not 100% uh, clear uh, in the data. It's just what we do have data on. So uh, one thing that interested me last time was stress. And the stress that we talked about isn't normally uh, or it isn't considered a mental illness, um, but it could be it could be considered brain health. And a friend of mine used that term, and I like it, brain health. So when you have stress in your brain, in your body, um, you might have unhealthy brain health. So stress, let's let's remember that stress is not a diagnosis, but it is something that probably I don't know, I want to I don't want to say hundred percent, but very likely most of us have experienced stress, even even youth. And stress in a in a research study indicated that it is linked to suicidality in youth. So just a little tidbit there, watch the youth regarding stress. Doesn't matter how young or how old, we all experience stress and it can lead to suicidality. So let's move on to anxiety disorders. Oh my gosh, I hear that word thrown around so much. Oh, I have anxiety. Um, I'm anxious about this. I'm feeling anxiety over this, and I have no doubts that th that people do. And it's 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 an up and coming uh, term, and it is it is becoming very popular in understanding uh, your stress. <laughs> so stress and anxiety are related in that fashion. So anxiety disorders. Um, there was a study done in 2016 of anxiety disorders and suicidality indicates a statistically significant but weak link between anxiety disorders and suicidality. So there is a link between anxiety disorders and suicide ideation. Now, what is that? What what are anxiety disorders? What is that? I've uh, it sounds like there's multiple, not just you don't just say, well, I'm I have anxiety. If there's anxiety disorders, and what those are is a cluster of mental disorders um, that that have significant and uncontrollable feelings of anxiety and fear, and fear enters into that feeling of anxiety and it happens such that a person's social and occupational and personal uh, functions are impaired in a big way so anxiety disorders I hear that a lot I know I said that but it seems nowadays with what is going on in the world and all this type of thing that people are becoming more anxious um, 
They're becoming anxious about their income and their ways of life and whatever it may be, their children, maybe their children are having issues um, with their education or, you know, all relationships. So anxiety is something that it can enter into all areas of life, not just focused on one thing like um, I'm anxious over my relationship with my significant other. Um, anxiety can spill into several, several areas of our life. So it is very real. Uh, I know people that have such anxiety that they cannot leave their house. They cannot leave their house. They are overwhelmed when they leave their house. And I do know that, um, speaking of medications, there are medications for anxiety. And if you do suffer from anxiety, let me suggest that you might visit your physician and talk to them about it because it can be controlled and you do not have to live with these feelings of anxiety and fear and have problems with your your job and your relationships and have problems functioning in life. There are ways that you can help control that and be safe. And so I want to encourage you to see your physician, see a therapist, talk about it. It's safe talk, and it's talk that will help you. Now, some more um, uh, signs of anxiety are restlessness, um, irritability. You cannot concentrate. Uh, Some people actually have physical um, uh, things happen, like their heart their heart rate is pounding, they're shaking, they're sweating, they get flushed. So there are symptoms that you can attribute to anxiety. And sometimes you can even look at a person and tell they're having anxiety or maybe a panic attack, which is a relative to anxiety. Um, anxiety may bring on a panic attack and they're very real. Panic attacks are very real and the people that have them and experience them, uh, it, it, it's, it's very scary. It's uncontrollable. They don't know how to control it. They don't know when or if it's going to end a panic attack. And it's, it's, I've, I've never had one. Uh, I do feel that at some points in my life I have had, I've been anxious about some things. I'm not sure if I've had any of the disorders, but I have been anxious about things and to the point where I have to calm myself, I have to breathe, I have to think about it, I have to slow down my mind. And so there are ways that you yourself can help with anxiety, like meditation, um, yoga, all of these things that calm your mind and your body and and get you still and get you focused. So, Billy, now don't tell me you have never experienced anxiety. So let's spill it now. Have you ever experienced anxiety? Jenny, I'm going to say it, and (laughs) I want to make sure it's on the record here because I can't <laughs> left anything unsaid. 
<laughs> every person alive has anxiety. Every <laughs> single human being who is alive, who has passed, who is on the way, every <laughs> living person has experienced anxiety. It never goes away. It never will ever. And that's just how life goes. I understand how people have severe anxiety. Everybody has different, you know, mental disorders or physical disorders or anything. Every person is completely different. Right. But everybody has anxiety to some extent. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this at the very end of the last episode. And I'm just going to say it again because it's such a meaningful message. And I say it to myself every day. And that is, Action alleviates anxiety. I love it. I mean, I live by that phrase, Jenny, because like I said, everyone has anxiety, including myself. It's impossible to avoid anxiety. But the way to push through anxiety is by taking action. I know I talked about this last time, but whenever you're feeling anxious, whenever you're in your head, whenever you feel like it's not going your way or it's not happening, everything's going too slow, you want to progress, you want to change, whatever it is, like, it doesn't happen overnight, but you can make it happen a little bit more steadily and day by day by taking action. So when you're feeling in your head, go meditate, like you said, go for a walk, go for a run, go work out, go work on your business, go work on your post, go work on your designs, go work on your project, go work on your cooking, go work on anything related to your mental or physical health. Because right away, Jenny, all the anxiety that you have about whatever your brain is trying to tell you, it's going to evaporate when you start doing stuff that will help you get to where you want to be. Because quite often we have anxiety because whatever happened in the past, it's haunting us. So if we take action now, that means like we're not going to let the past screw us up and we might have screwed up in the past. We might have failed. We might have not gotten the job done. But if we keep moving, if we build the momentum, we're going to forget about everything that happened. And in fact, we're going to turn those losses into lessons learned by taking action and making stuff happen now. And also people don't do stuff because they're too afraid of the future. They're worried about failing. They're worried about it not working out. They're worried about what their life is going to look like. Well, it's like, why would you worry about it when you can build it right now? You can lock in and create your future by doing stuff right now that's going to help your future self thank you later by doing what you had to do so you could get to that high level in the future. So anybody who's dealing with anxiety, I would just tell them, Take action and always prioritize your mental and physical health. And that is at all costs. I mean, at all costs. If you have to separate yourself from certain people or groups or situations, it doesn't matter. You have to be able to move on. You have to be able to move forward. And I want to continue talking about anxiety. And obviously, we're going to continue on. But this is a great conversation. But we do need to take a quick break. We're going to get a word from our local sponsors real quick, and then we're going to come right back here, and we're going to continue this conversation.
Okay, everybody, we are back. Thank you to our sponsors for The Word and Jenny. We are now here locked back in. We were just talking about anxiety, and, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on about anxiety (laughs) because I really want people to understand, like, yo, like, this is something we all go through. Like, I know a lot of people who might not have any clinically, you know, locked-in type of anxiety. You know, they just say they have Mm -hmm. anxiety. Right. The biggest tragedy is they're like, oh, I can't, I can't do this because of my anxiety. I can't. Look, we all have it. You just have to know how to push through it. Of course, I'm sensitive because I know that people have it in a different way, but I'm just so passionate about making sure that everybody knows that everybody has it. So I don't want to give people excuses because I don't think people should use excuses because People need to be able to push through, and then you can build your life. I know that I'm very, very deep into this, but what do you think about everything I was talking about and more on anxiety? I think you're right on, Billy. I agree that every person has some level of anxiety in their life. And, you know, I was even thinking animals have anxiety. I mean, human creatures, not human creatures, but creatures, living creatures often have anxiety. I mean, you see little skittery foxes and little animal squirrels and all these things. To me, there's a picture of anxiety because they're nervous and they're they're skittering to and from and they're shaky and they're scared and they're fearful. And that's kind of what I think about when I think about human beings and anxiety and different levels of anxiety. And you can kind of see it in their eyes and you can feel it in their aura, in their body, that they're fearful and they're nervous. And, um, you know, you talked about action. So, As we know, and I'm going to continue to say this, movement, action, exercise, it is a proven fact that that releases endorphins in your brain, the feel-good, the feel-good stuff, and it makes you feel good, and it, it uses your own energy and your own body to heal you. Uh, and I love that. I just, I love that. So the action that you talk about, Billy, say that again, would you? The triple the, the A, say that again. Action alleviates anxiety. And the best part about it, I mean, the best part about it is it's alleviated right away. Like as soon as you right. start the workout or the writing or the stretching or the meditation or or whatever task you have to do to build your business or your project, whatever video or recording you have to handle. Like you get so locked in and you get so ready for whatever you're doing that it's like you can't even remember the anxiety. So I always say that phrase, it helps me. I say it out loud. I say it to myself in the mirror. I always make sure I know that message. So with that being said, take some action. Get that anxiety alleviated. It always comes back, but you can always ditch it for a little bit once you take action. Jenny, anything else on anxiety, or would you like to move on? Well, I just, you know, I just want to reiterate that anxiety is linked to suicidality. It is 
uh, not a safe mental health issue. It has to do with brain health. And so brain health is, like Billy said, taking action, releasing those endorphins in your brain, causing you to calm down, to think clearly. It calms your heart pounding. It uh, causes you to not be irritable or restless. It actually gives you peace and restfulness, these endorphins. So remember that when you're anxious, take action. Whatever action it is, Billy gave a whole list of examples Take action and do it for yourself and keep yourself safe and talk to yourself, like Billy said, in the mirror. Take action. Action alleviates anxiety. I love, love, love that. Now, let's try to get in one more, and it is eating disorders. This is a biggie. Um, Studies show that it's mostly females that have eating disorders. Um, There was a 2019 study that uh, found that the rate of suicide attempts among those with eating disorders to be five to six times higher than those without specific eating disorders. Five to six times higher than people without specific eating disorders. Now, that's amazing to me. Because I, I I never uh, thought that eating disorders would bring a suicidality with it. I just it never occurred to me until I read this article with these studies. So, eating disorders. What are some eating disorders? Let's see, Billy. Can you think of any eating disorders? Get tell me what you think. Just to like name a few for you. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about anorexia. I know right. about binge eating disorder. I know about bulimia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now there's one. The other. There's, there's yeah. More. There's another. There's a one. Uh, yeah. There. Uh, <clears throat> you're gonna have there's... to give it to me. <laughs> there's one, and you know, it seems to be. Nowadays, it is a way to diet. It is, they're legitimately pushing this as a, here's another word, legitimate way to diet and lose weight. And they're treating it as if it's not a disorder. It's not an eating illness. It's not any of those things. Um, It's called intermittent fasting. Now, I have read a lot on intermittent fast. Intermittent, that's a hard word for me to say fasting. And the professionals that are talking about this get several ways to fast. And it's kind of like, all right, you're going to not eat for 16 hours. And then after your 16 hours are up, you can eat anything you want to complete that 24 hour cycle. And then you fast again for another 16 hours. And then right after that 16 hours, you eat whatever you want. And supposedly that helps you lose weight. For the people that want to lose weight, that are into trying all kinds of ways to lose weight, it's called intermittent fasting. And I see that a lot um, come across my feed um, 
on my phone and I have read about it and it didn't occur to me that maybe it was an eating disorder. However, uh, experts are categorizing it as an eating disorder um, because it is restrictive. It is restricting your normal body functions, your normal um, dietary needs. It is restrictive, just like bulimia, anorexia, binge eating. It is restrictive. It is a way to see anorexia is a, a mental health issue. Um, it's a way that people can control themselves. They need to have control of themselves, so they take that uh, in 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 the way that they eat, they control the way they eat, and they're so much into controlling themselves that they become anorexic, um, controlling their eating, and anorexic anorexia actually does lead to um, death, and there have been um, celebrities that have passed away from anorexia. Um, all kinds of people have passed from anorexia and anorexia and, and a diet that doesn't allow you, it, you lose potassium in your diet and your heart has to have potassium, has to have potassium to work. And so when you're anorexic, um, it, it doesn't get that. It doesn't get the, the, the nutrients that your body needs. And so your inner organs suffer from that. Same with bulimia. Bulimia is a way, another way of controlling your diet. You you eat and then you throw up, and then you eat and then you throw up, and you cause yourself to throw up. It's not that you eat and then you automatically throw up. No, you cause yourself to throw up. And so these are also uh, mental health issues. Um, binge eating disorder is. You eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until you can't take any more, and then you throw up. Uh, and it's it's not like bulimia because bulimia, you can eat just a tiny bit and then go throw it up, or you can eat a lot and go throw it up. Uh, I'm sorry, we're talking about this way, but <laughs> but um, binge eating is the same way. You can binge eat bags of candy and then go throw it up. And so they're kind of related that way, bulimia and binge eating. But intermittent fasting, I want people to understand that this is not a normal uh, way to feed your body with intermittent fasting. Now, I know I eat dinner and then I don't eat until the next day because I go to bed and I sleep. So I'm not purposely not eating, but <clears throat> excuse me. But there are people that will say they're intermittent fasting and they won't eat for 18 hours, and then they'll eat for six hours, whatever they want. Now I would challenge anyone to tell me <clears throat> if I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. If they have lost weight this way, this is not a healthy way to lose weight. Like I said. You have to give your body the nutrients and vitamins and things that it needs. Otherwise, I mean, you may look like you're losing weight. Um, I've known anorexic people, and they're very, very, very thin. 
imagine what's going on inside their body with their heart and their internal organs. They are not healthy. And so for me, when I, I, you know, when I read this and I thought, oh, my, the the suicide rate uh, and suicide attempts are five to six times higher with these uh, eating disorders. That is amazing to me, most of these being female and then younger female. So I, I have not known personally many men, many fellas that have been anorexic or had eating disorders. However, <clears throat> these are not things that you that are seen easily. Uh, unless you're severely anorexic, you can't really tell if someone has an eating disorder. Like you can tell if someone is stressed out. You can tell if they have anxiety. You can tell if they're depressed. But with eating disorders, you, you really cannot uh, tell unless you know that person or you're around them enough that you suspect something is going on. And I have known, um, like I said, I have known girls with this eating disorders, and it is not healthy. And I can tell you they are not happy about it, and they don't want to be that way. But they have become that way simply because they started it, and now they can't stop it. It's kind of like an addiction. They started it, and they cannot stop it. And you can get help for this. You can get um, medical help, and you can get therapy and all kinds of things to help with this. And again, I want Billy to talk about the AAA because the AAA will help these eating disorders. It will cause you to alleviate that anxiety that's causing you maybe anxiety over your weight or whatever it is that's causing you um, to develop an eating disorder. So, Billy, tell us what you think about this and have you ever known of anyone that has an eating disorder? Yeah, I mean, eating disorders are, are very common amongst everywhere. And I myself have definitely gone through a period of time where I had an eating disorder, never to the extent where it, like, totally took down my life. But, you know, back when when I was on television in Wyoming and in Oregon, you know, I wanted to maintain a, a certain look that I thought would be appropriate for TV. So, of course, there were times where I wouldn't eat as much as I should have and I was afraid to eat at some points and I would always turn down snacks and I was so regimented when it came to like what I was putting in my body. And I definitely wasn't like at the highest level of nourishment. I was malnourished for a lot of the time, but it never kept me from doing great things and being locked in and pursuing my dreams and keeping my focus. But looking back, it's like, wow, like you really weren't there. You really weren't locked in when it came to your health and, how much you were putting in your body. And I've since fixed that and I've come a long way, which has been awesome. But I've definitely seen a lot of people go through anorexia and, and binge eating. I've had plenty of binges in my life when I would, you know, prevent myself from eating for a long time. And then I would like kind of go crazy and have a ton of food at once. And that would happen once in a while back when I was trying to like fight that stupid deal of battling the, the eating problem but like I said I fixed it and everything is great right now I feel awesome but I know a lot of people 
have gone through it much worse than I. And there's been some pretty dark times in my life as well amongst that journey, but that's a whole different conversation. But like I said, there are so many people who go through with this because you want to maintain that look or you think that skinny is the right way to go. And it's like none of that is true. It's like you got to put the right food in your body. You got to trust that you're doing everything right. Learn how to take care of your diet. Learn what to put in. Learn how to move your body. And you got to have that figured out or else it can lead to something even darker because that's what happens a lot. And when you see someone with an eating disorder, you kind of really need to give them some help. Like I remember when I was kind of going through it, and I was very secretive about it because I didn't want anybody to know because I knew I had it under control. I like to call it an eating order because I had it under control, even though I knew it wasn't healthy. But there are a lot of people who don't have it under control and it really messes with them and that tells me like okay like maybe they're going through something because if you're developing some kind of eating disorder something isn't right and we might need to fix it so i definitely know a handful of people still know a ton of people to this day we're all helping each other we're all trying to make each other better getting each other right and locked in and it's definitely something to be aware of because everybody experiences it not quite like anxiety but a lot of people experience all of the disorders that you named mm-hmm. and as we kind of wrap up here jenny do you want to touch on anything else in terms of the eating disorders we've covered the basis i believe when it comes to disorders and mental health conditions but is there anything else you'd like to add um you know i just want to remind people that there's a reason our podcasts are called safe talk it's to keep us safe, and talking keeps us safe. Talking saves lives. So the more we can talk about whatever it is, our anxiety, our stress, our eating, our health, our worries, our financial strains, whatever it is, the more we can talk about it and safely talk about it, then the safer we are all going to be. And that's what I want to encourage everybody to do. Now, Billy and I, we're we're safe talking. (laughs) We're safe talking to each other, and we're safe talking to you. We're telling you, okay, I've had this. I've done that. I've seen this. uh, I've, I've worked my way through this or that. And that is how you say talk is you you talk to each other, you ruminate about it, you get it out, you get that poison out of yourself and don't let it overtake you. And I want to encourage everybody, talk to us. That's why we give you our information at the beginning of the show. Um, I know there is one um, social media that we're on that allows you to message us and uh, while you're listening to the podcast and then uh, like we said you can message us any any time and we will talk about it or we will hook you up with other people that have experienced or are experiencing what you are experiencing and like billy said you're not alone you're absolutely not alone especially with stress anxiety those things that almost a hundred percent of us as human beings experience sometimes in our life we are not alone and that helps people so much to know that that 
you're not alone. None of us are alone. We're all here in this together, and we can safely talk to each other. Right, Billy? You said it. Jenny, you're <laughs> always right on you're always on the money, always spitting the facts, and it's a pleasure to be a part of this journey with you because I love hearing it. I love being a part of it, and I know that everything that you say, everything we do together is helping this world become a better place. And with that being said, I want to thank everybody who's tuning in, all of our mm-hmm. loyal listeners and great allies yep. and friends of the program. We love you. We're thankful. Very much appreciated. Looking forward to talking to you guys very, very soon. Jenny, you're the best. I love you as well, and we'll talk real soon. We will. Love you to pieces, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org.